Welcome to Native Calgarian. Today is October 6th of 2019. We're in the middle of the writ, which means we're in the middle of an election period. That's what writ means. And I'm a nerd. Native Calgarian is being recorded on the lands of the Blackfoot Confederacy. The Blackfoot south of the imposed U.S.-Canadian border are the Blackfeet and north of the border are the Siksika, Ganae, and Bigani of the Confederacy. These lands are now on Treaty 7, signed in September 22, 1877, with signatories that include the Blackfoot Confederacy, the Stony Nakoda, uh, now Wesley Chiniki, Bears Paws Nations. Actually, I shouldn't say now. I'm sure they always were. Um... Sutina Nation, I acknowledge all First Nation, Métis, Inuit status and non-status across Turtle Island as the keepers of these lands. Hoki, Meko Chase, Chase Tukom, let's try that again. My apologies. Hoki, I'm Meko Chase Tukom Aki, or Red Thunder Woman in Blackfoot. My spirit name is Red Thunder Woman, given to me in ceremony, but my humblest apologies to the Blackfoot elders and language keepers, as I try to learn the proper pronunciation, I honor the Blackfoot. And uh, yeah, let's go from there. I'm Michelle Robinson. I was born in Calgary as Michelle Elliott, another English name that has afforded me privilege in an English colonial world. My mother is Northern Slavey Dene or Satu Dene, but my Indian Act and Post status card by the Canadian government says Yellow Knives Dene. My father is so Canadian that I am the daughter of the Mayflower and a daughter of the American Revolution while having an Indian Act and Post status card. I acknowledge my Dene lineage and I was born in Calgary, but my family is not part of the Treaty 7 signatories. My Dene lineage roots me in the land of the Hare People, also called the Great Bear Lake People in Treaty 11. I am a native to Turtle Island and my Dene nation is a visitor to this area of Clincho Tine Indehe, which means Many Horse Town named after the Calgary Stampede. Land acknowledgements are critical for creating a safer place for Indigenous, as well as honoring the host as the guest. So that's why I do that. Any mistakes and misinterpretations will be on me. I encourage questions so that misunderstandings can be cleared up as soon as possible. I do not speak on behalf of all the Indigenous, but I can share what I know as I walk down my journey of the Red Road. If you're experiencing emotional distress after hearing anything I've talked about today, Want to talk? Call the First Nation and Inuit Hope for Wellness Helpline at 1-855-242-3310. It's toll-free and it's open 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Non-Indigenous, there are distress lines in your area too. Our Patreon account is Native Calgarian where you can pledge and support. I want to say thank you to the previous donors for already showing your support to the show. If you value listening and can afford to give, thank you. To those that cannot afford to give but listen in, I'd love to hear from you at nativeyyc at gmail.com. Send in your comments, your questions. We are also on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. And I want to give a super shout out to my super loyal uh, donors, Alexandria, Beatrice, Brian, Celine, Diana, Jocelyn, Judy, Kenna, Kimberly, Lee, Marisa, Natalie, Nathan, Phyllis, Rebecca, the Sprawl, Tiffany, Vanessa, with one S, and Veronica. So, lots happened since I last put up my last podcast. Um, Let's start with the fact that Stephanie English and her family uh, did a march all the way from Begani into Calgary. Uh, Their Justice for Joey English watch, or uh, walk, but it also 
it, it's not just for for Joey. It's also for her other daughter, and it's also for her brother. It's been over a year, and they have yet to have any resolution. Uh, and Daryl Smith's uh, story, if you Google it, you will find it. I also uploaded some videos on the uh, Friday, October 4th, uh, Sisters in Spirit Vigil, where um, where folks spoke. I mean, if you look for Calgary's uh, Sisters in Spirit Vigil, you'll see lots and lots of pictures. And this year we had hundreds of folks that came out. So a huge, huge shout out to Awutan Healing Lodge, who has done these uh, walks for 15 years now. Um, it's It's overwhelming, the support, but also, you know, there's unfortunately new stories to tell. And like for me, I, I met a, another family, uh, Tiffany Ear's family, who um, came to this. And, you know, I, I don't think folks understand the gravity of how awful it is. We had um, representatives from the UCP, uh, which I found deplorable, but they're there. And, you know, it's part of the reason why I I need to walk away from organizing because these are the people that absolutely are you know, <laughs> smiling, shaking hands, giving hugs, pretending to give a shit when they don't because all of their actions cut and cut and cut services. Um, so I, I just think that they are the absolute like devil, fork tongue, snail, uh, snail, what is that? Snake oil salesman that you could possibly have. And um, even hearing them speak, and I'm not going to lie, Rachel Notley spoke and I found those words so um, hard to listen to for the exact same reasons. Um, she had all of that time. And in that time, I don't feel like she implemented any of the justice, um, immediate calls to action when it came to, uh, the truth and reconciliation commission, which had been out since 2015. And, uh, the first, uh, report preliminary report from the sisters and spirit or the, um, uh, national inquiry, you know, those weren't implemented. So I know a lot of you, I'm sure listen and, and just, love the NDP, but I am no fan of any colonial party because I know that they're all fork-tongued. So that's kind of where I'm at. I obviously need to heal from that, but I can't right now. We also had the Lieutenant Governor of Alberta speak, and uh, she gave a huge shout out to uh, Victoria, the um, one of the board members of uh, Owatan, as the original person who kind of educated her on indigenous issues but mural stanley she's been decades advocating for indigenous women uh metis from edmonton um, part of the uh, advancement for aboriginal women institute uh, that's up there something like that i i may have messed up the name of it but you know it's a long advocate for our people and um yeah what do you do we just everyone does their speeches. The uh, chief of police was there. Uh, I want to give a special shout out to the diversity team of the Calgary police, because uh, I know um, the indigenous liaison and a uh, member of the LGBTQ2 plus community who happens to be a person of color actually marched all the way from Bagani into Calgary with Stephanie English's family. And I think that's, um, a huge shout out to them for that. Uh, I don't believe the RCMP, march with them I could be wrong uh but anyway big days and today October 6th was um the march for 
uh, Jackie Crazy Bull's family. So for those who do not know, um, a few days before I had my daughter, so this would have been July of 2007, uh, was when Jackie Crazy Bull was the victim of a random stabbing that happened during Stampede. This uh, stabbing, there was a st- it was a stabbing spree that happened throughout the city that night, but unfortunately it was Jackie Crazy Bull that was the one person who died of her injuries. So what has happened since is that every year from, um, there's a a park by a Catholic church where there a lot of uh, residential school kids had to attend. Um, there's a, a kind of a dark French and um, indigenous history in that area of 17th Avenue Southwest that people don't like to talk about. Anyway, there's a park there that we start the uh, march at and uh, we march from there to the spot where Jackie Crazy Bull was murdered. And uh, right where she was murdered, the city uh, put a, a bench in. So her niece, Jackie's niece, worked really hard with the city to get that installed. And um, over the course of the last year, they've done a whole bunch of construction to 17th Avenue Southwest. And the corner where Jackie was murdered is actually, they redone the sidewalk and such. So we actually, um, I took some video of of Jackie's son uh, dancing for his mother and posted that in the Facebook page if you want to have a look. And you, I, I really strongly encourage folks to do that because Jack, uh, Jackie's sister, Sandra, I took a, a couple of videos of her speaking and, um, and really emphasizing the point that there's no justice for Indigenous. There's two levels of justice in Canada, one for Indigenous and one for Canadians. And, um, you know, I think her speeches were very important. And um, I I just want to also mention that um, her brother, Jackie's brother, uh, Brent Prairie Chicken, had just recently passed away in September, at the end of September. So it was really emotional for everybody there because it was the first time Brent wasn't with us. And he has a a wheelchair that he, he usually comes with us for the march. And his presence wasn't there. And Sandra had a beautiful blanket to honor him and uh you know she every year wants to have the Calgary police move forward on something with this and every year there isn't and now we're on year 12 and I'm sure in 12 years you know the killers have had children and gotten had parties and had wonderful events in their life while they are still mourning the loss of Jackie so you know, for those who, who don't really understand how triggering this last little while has been, you know, we had Orange Shirt Day on September 30th. We, uh, we as in the Indigenous community here in Treaty 7, and I don't want to include myself as part of the work, hard, hard work that Stephanie had done for um, her family. She had done that work. So from October 2nd to the 4th, you know, there were so many members of the community that supported her. And the fourth was Sisters in Spirit Vigil, not just here, but nationally. And also on that day was the news that uh, the Trudeau government had put forward the Child uh, Human Rights Tribunal uh, legal appeal in, meaning they appealed the decision. And I can just speak for me how awful that that feels. Um, You know, as a liberal, 
we worked really hard uh, for some really great policies for Indigenous people. I was really, really freaking proud that we had done the National Inquiry. No question, the National Inquiry had some serious problems. No question. And uh, it did these releases about not just the report and the 231 calls to justice, but also prior to that, they had talked about the preliminary report and some of the immediate steps that need to stop for the genocide. So much of this, both with the Truth and Reconciliation Commission report and with now the National Inquiry, was all rooted in making changes to child welfare immediately. And Cindy Blackstock, uh, Dr. Cindy Blackstock, founded the First Nation Caring Society to talk about Indigenous issues and to talk about um, specifically the child welfare system being discriminatory against Indigenous children. And every Indigenous person that I've never met an Indigenous person because that ha that doesn't have the deepest, deepest respects for Cindy Blackstock, for the work that she has done um, for Indigenous children, because it's, it is the most selfless thing that she can do. And one of the, I've, I've heard her say it twice recently, uh, the great, great talking point that she's been saying is that she wants to have a generation of Indigenous kids, First Nation, Métis, Inuit kids, go one generation without imposed government trauma and have a whole generation of non-Indigenous kids not have to apologize for trauma. So as expected, immediately one of the um, Indigenous candidates, the one for Nanaimo Ladysmith, Michelle Cornfield, put out a, a, a statement trying to explain the judicial re review of the Canadian Human Rights Tribunal and the reason why the stay and you know they talked about the need for clarity on the ruling and that they need to have conversations with partners which is not possible during an election and that these types of application are given to the government to ensure that the process is adequately consulted with partners during an election period yada 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 you can have a look on her news release if you really want to understand it, um, well, I guess the biggest quote that she has here is that the Liberal government believes in collaboration rather than litigation is the best way to right historical wrongs and advance reconciliation with Indigenous people and the government of Canada has been committed to engaging in discussions around compensation for the benefit of those impacted. As a Liberal candidate for Nanaimo Ladysmith, I strongly feel that this ruling touches on the issues of great importance for the Liberal government, and I agree that what is lost cannot be recovered. It is the responsibility of the government to ensure that conversations continue to on compensation in a fair, equitable way that focuses on bringing healing and recognition of the harm suffered by First, First Nation children. And um, that's the official uh, Liberal talking point that folks are per, uh, perpetuating in order to try to save their <laughs> uh, record on reconciliation. Um, uh, yeah, and I mean, I, I've worked with the Indigenous Peoples Commission for 10 years. I've tried to talk about the need for anti-racism training, Indigenous education, 
and um, I've just been following what Cindy Blackstock has been saying and Pam Palmater, and very clearly, um, Cindy said it wasn't even just that they had put forward this, um, you know, review or or deadline for an appeal, however you want to word it. I don't speak legalese. <sighs> At the end of the day, the government is asking for compensation through the AFN and the First Nation Caring Society. You can never explain that away to me, ever. In ever, There's no way you can be talking about reconciliation in one way and then be talking about forcing those who are already oppressed to be the ones paying for the court fees. Nope. Uh, that's, that's not how I feel about it. Um, I'm... I'm really, really disappointed that this was happening during an election. I'm not going to lie. Like, I know these are stupid things to do, but I think um, Cindy Blackstock and Pam Palmater have been very clear that they've had over four years to really deal with this and uh, haven't done it properly. And the Liberal government is trying to say that, you know, the 60 Scoop and the day school settlements are examples of the liberal government's good work and i'm sure there will be a lot of liberal supporters that will feel good about voting on that based off of that so um i guess i want to read to you a message that i had gotten so hi i'm wanting to vote though i am a non-conformist therefore i do not know who to vote for but I want to support my Indigenous brothers and sisters. My son speaks highly of you. You tell me who to vote for, and I will, and advocate for others to do the same. Thanks so much. Hi, uh, my podcast is Native Calgarian. I'll try to get a podcast out on the subject as soon as possible. Which riding are you in? They gave me some information, so I had to do some Googling, and I, I found it was the Rocky Ridge uh, riding. And, um, you know the conversation evolved into um i'm sorry but i don't follow politics and i know every vote counts and i know your politics and i think everyone is well aware i've been a liberal for 10 years um so i said because we're we are talking about calgary we are not talking nationally we're talking about just in calgary my conservatives or the conservatives are my biggest enemy unfortunately the greens and ndp have zero shot in that area of Calgary Rocky Ridge, and I would argue anywhere in Calgary. Um, I would recommend Todd. Todd is one of our candidates in Calgary Rocky Ridge from the Liberals. Uh, you can give, or you can even do a special ballot at the Elections Canada's office today to get the vote over, and I gave her the address. So some of you might be wondering, oh, what are you talking about? So a special ballot... Um, and I know it has a really like intimidating name, special ballot. Like only under certain circumstances can you vote using a special ballot. No, that is not the case. You can just go use one. Um, so for someone like me, who's a campaign nerd and working with a team, I vote immediately. The first thing I do when Elections Canada opens up their office is go vote. So I've already voted. And um, most like... Most people just are unaware they can too. So like, so for example, if you know on advance polls or election day, you're going to be working. I mean, yes, technically it's the law. They're supposed to give you time off to do that. But I know, especially in my area, 
that's just not possible because folks are working, you know, sometimes two, three part-time jobs in order to make ends meet because of the way the capitalist system is set up. So yeah, technically it's the law, but also technically the employer can go, oh, but you're only working from this time to this time. So you have time to do that. When we all know it's like, no, we don't because we got to run over to our next job. And if we're late then, or if we're late picking up our kids from daycare, then it's ding, 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 fine, fine, fine. So what I encourage folks who, you know, are struggling with, you know, daycare or whatever, and, or inevitably it's the one time you're really sick and you can't get out of bed. I just encourage people to do special ballots immediately. Um, you know, for my rich folks who I know would never listen to this show and you're running off to Las Vegas, good time to do a special ballot. Uh, I know snowboards probably do not listen to my show, but if you were, I would recommend you do a special ballot before you leave. So anyone can actually use a special ballot. You don't actually need a certain excuse in order to have one. So I just want to say that right away. And now how do you do that? Every single riding has an Elections Canada office. Every single one. Elections.ca, well, if you put in your postal code, will tell you this is where you go in order to do your special ballot. So that was the information I had given this person. And they're open from 9 until 9, Monday through Friday, uh, 9 until 6 on Saturdays, and noon till 4 on Sundays. So most people can fit like some area in that time in their world. So that's why I'm telling you now so that if just go vote, get it done. Um, so she comes back at me and says, uh, my dad is a liberal, but won't vote because he's fed up with it all. I will vote liberal and thank you. I have never heard or seen anything about the PCs that I like either. Thanks again. So I just want to point out, there's actually no such thing as a PC anymore. Uh, there's no such thing as a progressive conservative. And I'm not making that up because I'm an asshole. I'm telling you that because the conservative party made a uh, distinct effort to drop the progressive part, which is why we're seeing such a rise in right wing bullcrap anti-immigrant, racism, uh, LGBTQ2+, pro-abortion or anti-abortion um, rhetoric, all of those things are happening because the conservatives dropped the progressive part. So if you are one of those people that likes to say PC when talking about conservatives, just know for people like me, who's a total nerd, I admit it, but I inside I'm judging you saying, oh, I don't think these people follow politics enough to know. Now, she already kind of said that earlier, that she doesn't follow politics, so I'm not judging her. But I know other people out there are typing on the internet with like all full gusto of, you know, liberals and all of this crap and really and using, you know, terminology like PC. And then I'm totally judging you. FYI. Anyway, do I have to be registered? So for folks who do not know that, I know that's a big question, especially if you just moved or something. So the biggest um, requirement, and again, you can see this on elections.ca, is just bring ID that has your address. So like if you just updated your driver's license and it says, you know, Michelle Robinson who lives in Abbeydale and you bring like a TELUS bill or something with you, I just dated myself, and show <laughs> Elections Canada that, then that's perfect. So um but I, I don't even think it's that strict. It's just that I'm a total nerd and go overboard. I actually brought my gun registry um, or uh, gun license and my driver's license to be a double, double, you know, nerd. 
anyway, so I think this person is going to be voting for Todd. I gave them, you know, an open house that was happening. Uh, my candidate today had one. So, um, and, and a lot of you are probably wondering who I voted for. And, uh, oh, and first of all, I got to tell you the sweetest story about that. Okay. So my job as a liberal and every political party does this. So I'm not alone by any stretch and I'm not giving you like free liberal insider information. The NDP conservatives, greens, well, I don't know if the greens do this, but, um, regular, uh, that was a slight, sorry. Um, established parties. Ah, this doesn't sound better either. Uh, anyway, mainstream parties. Ah, anyway, we all do the same thing. This is what they actually teach at political science. So like, it doesn't matter what color you are. This is the same process. Um, so what I do is I have a list that was given by Elections Canada. So all political parties get the same list and we go through it. So we go through and and all of us have you know, like we, we accept those donations and that donations go into our personal softwares that we have for each party. So our personal software is Liberalist. And from that, um, we enter all the data from Elections Canada and that's what we work with. That's our software. And I don't I don't remember like Nation Builder or whatever for the other parties who that is, but ours is Liberalist. So I get numbers and addresses and names and I call people and I check on them. And this this one man, he answered the phone and you know, my job is to find out who you're voting for. That is literally my job. And some people are really intimidated by that and are like, fuck you and hang up. And other people are like, oh, I can't believe you would ask me that. And I'm like, I'm Michelle from the Liberal Party. I want to know if you're voting. Like, point blank. I'm going to ask you that question. I want to know if you're voting, if you're supporting Liberal, and if you are supporting Liberal, when are you voting? Here's my name and my number and my address. Do you need a ride? Would you like a sign? Come to or come volunteer with us. Like, I'm that aggressive person that has to try to get that person to agree whether or not they're voting and all those things, right? So if you're somebody who like doesn't follow politics whatsoever, you're usually a person that goes, ah, uh, I don't know, click. That's usually what happens, actually. So anyway, call this man and he goes, I go, oh, hi, I'm Shell. I'm a liberal. Um, you know, I'm just wondering if we can count on your support. He's like, oh, well, you can count on my support. And, you know, so we had a wonderful conversation. I marked him in our liberal list, uh, all these different tags that we do. And, um, you know, it comes up that he has a wife. So I'm like, oh, do you, will we be expecting the other adults in the, in your household to be supporting us? And he goes, well, you know, I know she's quite left-leaning like me, but I actually don't know. And I actually don't ask her. I'm like, really? Yeah, I just really respect that that's, you know, her, her opinion. And that's where she's coming from. And, and I was just like, oh, he doesn't even know how she votes because he respects her so much. Seriously, broke my heart right there on the spot. And my, my heart just like grew three sizes bigger, just instantly. I thought that was so sweet because even my husband and I, we joke about this all the time where he's like, well, I'm just not going to tell you this time who I'm voting for. And I'll like look at him and then he'll look at me and laugh as if that's funny, but whatever. It is what it is. So about my writing, 
my riding specifically is Calgary Forest Lawn. And Calgary Forest Lawn has um, the NDP candidate is actually a friend of ours and a friend of like every Indigenous person in the city because he was the executive director of the uh, Aboriginal Friendship Center for uh, a bit. And uh, he's been around Métis politics. He ran... uh, I think he's actually part of the one of our community associations. So, you know, they we cross paths with this guy all the time. Had no problem, you know, signing his papers just so that he could get onto the Elections Canada. Because um, in order to run, you have to get X amount of uh, signatures and addresses from within your riding in order to run. So, like, I had to do that municipally, provincially, and now he was doing it federally. So, no problem signed his up, my husband signed his up, and, uh, you know, off we're running. So, so that puts me in a really hard position, right? Because here he is an NDPer. And, um, and he's my friend, my personal friend, and I do have a deep respect for him. So for my friends who are listening, who are like, what are you going to say next? Here's what I'm going to say. Um, I don't want anybody to feel guilty and, and you don't have to tell me who you're going to vote for, whether it's Joe or my guy, but, uh, I voted already and I voted red and my, my specific, I have a few different reasons for that. Like, obviously Calgary is its own world. It's, it's not like the rest of the country. So if you're in a different riding where, you know, maybe you have more of a, like a liberal and NDP battle happening, I mean, (laughs) forget what I'm about to say because it doesn't matter but here in Calgary like this is a hardcore blue riding so the riding here in Calgary Forest Lawn 22 years has been Deepak Obrai and for those who don't know Deepak Obrai recently passed away from cancer so we didn't even legitimately beat him he just he passed away from cancer and um so I've actually had a you know, you know his family, a lot of folks in my community know his family, and I don't want to be disrespectful to him or his family or anyone that knew him because, you know, you have uh, years of developing a relationship. When I first started with the Liberal Party here, um, we first started going to Global Fest every year, and we would always get stuck beside him, and that's actually where he and I first developed a relationship because when he when I wasn't affiliated with any party and I was trying to do outreach to him he didn't care who I was I was just dirt to him so um you know it took a while for us to develop a relationship even and um you know and at first I was pretty much like you know fuck you very much because you're a conservative but over time you know, I got to see him a bit more as a human being. And then when I met his daughter and I met his, his wife and, you know, obviously I, you, they become your neighbors and it's like, okay, well, I can't hate you. So that's usually what happens when, uh, I'm in the, cause I know a lot of people will say, well, you know, how can you even talk to that guy or shake his hand or anything? And, you know, and the truth is, is that, he legitimately is in the riding and the riding beside us that it just seemed like we were crossing paths a lot more and legitimately I came to respect him as a as a person as a neighbor um but not for his politics at all the opposite so anyway where was I going with all of this so that that's my riding of Calgary Forest Lawn now my 
uh, candidate who we are honored and lucky to have, in my opinion, is um, an eye surgeon. So he does retina attachment in in your eyes. And if I felt like everyone knows this man in this in my area. So like even the NDP candidate provincially knew him because he had they had a relationship from like his medical work. So Dr. Jaganad is this eye surgeon and he cares a lot about pharmacare because there are a lot of folks in our area that can't afford their diabetes medication, their high blood pressure medication, their um which I I have like heart medication and as a result he's seeing people that you know, if they had access to pharmacare, to their drugs, he may not be treating them. So to me, that was kind of a, like, I, obviously I know these things, but I don't know them the way he would know them. Um, you know, I've been advocating for harm reduction and there's, there's so many, uh, municipal, like when we talk about, uh, cannabis, even like the, all the studies show, it's just to, it, it's not just that it's, um, you know, a, a medical choice, but it, it's also like going to reduce our, our, you know, stress on the legal system. And, um, for me as an indigenous person, you know, people are like, Oh, what's that smell on you? Is that marijuana? And it's like, no, it's not. That's sage, you morons. Anyway, try, I'm totally getting off topic here. Um, basically what I'm trying to say is this, I don't know who the conservative candidate is. I don't really care because he's blue and I just have zero respect for anybody who sports blue votes blue or is running blue end of discussion. And, um, yeah. So if you're all listening and some of you are voting blue, Hey, thanks for listening. I know the only reason why you're fucking listening is to basically try to find something to take from what I'm saying to use against me in the future. Cause I know that's the only reason why I would be listening to one of your stupid podcasts. Anyway, Sorry. <laughs> it's it's deep-seated hate. And, and I'll tell you why. Here's why. It was the Harper government, Rona, like this Rona Ambrose, uh, Michelle Rempel, that whole crew, Deepak Obrai, all of them were a part of the people who did the cuts to Indigenous programs. They were part of the people who did the cuts to women's violence prevention they are responsible. They have blood on their hands for some of the vigils that I've done in this fucking area here. It's their fault. This is to systemic racism through government policy that they are 100% guilty of being a part of. So that's why, like, there's an uh, Inuit um, from, you know, what's her name? Lorna, whatever her face is. Anyway, she was the environmental minister for Harper, which must have been a really sweet deal for people who don't believe in fucking science. Anyway, she's running and she had the audacity to try to call out some liberal um, candidate who said some really like homophobic, I think anti-Semitic, like all of the things that I was like unfriend, unfollow, not supporting one tiny bit for. And, um, and then I found out later she's like putting him down and saying, oh, Justin Trudeau, you have to cut this man. He can't possibly be going and it, he's like from one of those like liberal strongholds where it's like this guy just like every conservative here in calgary could be a total crook wanted by the police have the rcmp investigating don't matter they're still going to vote for him so he could say whatever he wanted he l issued a, one of those really bad apologies you know those annoying ones that are like i'm sorry i said words that you were offended by 
that type of crappy apology. He said something like that. So I'm like, mm, nope, hard no. Anyway, she had the audacity to be like, you know, oh, you need to drop him. I'm like, you guys literally are the people that cut the Sisters in Spirit funding nationally. You people. Like, she was literally a part of that government. She was a part of the government that was like, oh, missing and murdered indigenous women aren't even on our radar. And in fact, I think they even used terminology like aboriginal back then. Ugh, I like hate these people with a passion. And I and people who, you know, support them, vote for them, take pictures with them. Oh, one of my favorite moments happened during the campaign where this guy comes in and he made fun of and I won't say his name, but we all know who he is. But he's like this like, you know, turncoat or just wants to get elected is now a conservative but this guy comes in and he's like yeah that guy's a total bootlicker i'm like yeah he's a total bootlicker thank you so finally people understand where well that's not finally i know that there's lots of people out there that are watching these stupid train wrecks going what the heck so anyway 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 not gonna be bad at my husband if he doesn't tell me who he's gonna vote for because well, I encourage everybody to vote, have a really good look at who their local candidate is, and then strategically look at who has the best chance of beating um, a conservative. Vote for whoever that person is. So here in Calgary, I, it doesn't matter. The only group that has any type of support is red. That's it. And I really hate the blues, like hate them. So much so that after October 4th, I just started blocking anyone that was conservative in my life. Like Derek Vildebrandt, I mean, he doesn't even follow that many people. I'm like, fuck him. Block, you know, all of them, all of them. I can't stand them. In fact, I'm probably going to go out of my way, spend an evening just finding all the conservatives and all of their supporters and just block them all because I can't even, I can't even, and I can't pretend like you know how there are people that are like, no, I totally have a black friend. Therefore, I'm not racist. I am that person for a lot of politicians. Oh, no, I follow Michelle Robinson. Well, that's not that doesn't mean we're fucking friends. And that doesn't mean you're anti-racist. Uh, and that doesn't mean that you have indigenous education. Because if you can't even t like if you can't even show up to an October 4th vigil without a personal invite, then you actually don't get the issues at all. Anyway, anyway, try not to get too far off. I just want to encourage people to vote. I want you to vote strategically, not conservative, no matter where you are in the country. And I also want you to uh, have a good look at the candidate because, like, so for example, um, at the Sisters in Spirit vigil, we had the kids that were having the Friday uh, afternoon, noon hour rallies, which I totally support. That said... The green movement historically and typically has always been uh, like a cultural appropriation movement. It's like, oh, natives been talking about that? <sighs> Fuck those guys. We're white and we think we know better. So we're going to take over this conversation. That's typically been the Green Party politics since it's been incepted since its inception here in Calgary or well, in Canada, I should say, um, you know, like indigenous have been fighting this fight. Always. If any of you recognize the United Nations uh, Declaration of Rights of Indigenous People, that would exactly take the UN Sustainable Development Goals and you would meet both targets if you would just listen to Indigenous people. But that would mean 
that you would have to like, you know, lose a bit of control and actually give it to somebody else. And I know that's really hard for all you folks in positions of power. Anyway, anyway. So during the our Sisters in Spirit vigil, they had a freaking my, megaphone and they're like, and I'm like, shut the fuck up. So I walked over there and I was like, hey, we're having a vigil over here. Can you not use the megaphone? And I think eventually they finally decided to come join us. But it was the point that they have no concept of Indigenous issues. They certainly aren't in solidarity with us in any way, shape or form. And I bring that all up because I used to, prior to becoming a Liberal, park my vote with the Green Party. And I used to do that for a few different reasons. And one of them was there once upon a time in a galaxy far, far away before Harper, they used to give um, funding to any party that got 5% of the overall national uh, vote. So I felt like at least if I voted green, it was going to a better cause. And then Harper cut that. So fast forward to today. Yeah, I'm really super biased because I'm a liberal and I've been working at like at conventions and policy development for 10 years. So yeah, I'm pretty like red, 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 hoorah. That said, even if I wasn't, because we've talked about blackface, we've talked about a lot of issues, um, my Green Party candidate doesn't believe in white privilege. He just thinks that all people of color and all Indigenous, you know, despite the fact we live under the Indian Act and systemic racism is a thing and the, you know, Indian residential schools, things happen. We just need to pull up our bootstraps and work a little harder like his family did because, you know, he works hard for everything he has. So obviously hard no to anybody who doesn't acknowledge white privilege. Um, so check out your candidate, because if you think that voting green is the right decision, and then you talk to your candidate and you find out that this person needs some serious anti-racism training and indigenous education. I'm not encouraging you to vote green, even though that, you know, they have the better climate change package. Truth is, and I don't know if you all know this, nerd alert, nerd alert. It was actually Stefan Dion that went to the Green Party um, convention and taught everyone there about green policy. So... A lot of folks back when Stefan Dion was our party leader looked at the uh, green package that we had, green package of the uh, Green Party, and actually came to our side knowing that we had the better Green Party policy or the green policy. So I'm just saying, and I'm totally bragging, that our party's always been better anyway when it comes to climate change. Now that said, all of you out there totally are right to say, you know, climate change leaders don't buy pipelines. I'm there with you, but, you know, there's bigger conversations to have about the end of the day. Who's the biggest voting demographic? And that's what you guys got to look at. And I know that the liberals are going to win overall. It might be a minority government, but we're, we're going to win overall because of Quebec and Ontario. I know that. The party knows that, and I'd love to be eating my words come October 22nd, but I don't think I will be. Um, so that's what's going to happen. So here in Calgary Forest Lawn, obviously I'm going to park my vote with someone who I think has the best chance of defeating the blue, and I know that's red. And if you were to ever meet Dr. Jaganan, I think that you would go, yeah, this guy is, um, you know, not just not just parliamentary, but... An intelligent man who has a lot of um, education behind him, 
um, obviously believes in science. I even said that at one point in time. I'm like, we're the party that believes in science over the phone to somebody. Um, you know, and I believe that. And I know that um, our party, obviously, we come across sometimes to folks as a bunch of snobby elite assholes. And while that, yeah, I've been in the party, yeah, it's totally the case. Um, at the end of the day, I grew up being forced to read English and I have access to libraries and I can read policy just like everybody else. And I did. And I do believe that the Liberal Party has the better interest for Alberta. And, you know, and I'll give you an example. So I, I'm former industry, right? Like I'm second generation industry. And I knew that we didn't have the geothermal policies in place for us to move forward as a nation. And we put forward that uh, convention. So and it passed. So I know that the Liberal Party is indeed listening to Alberta. I know many folks that are in the party that are from Alberta. So that whole, you know, rhetoric that the Conservatives are doing about, you know, Liberals being anti-Alberta is actually not true at all. But um, I do believe that they're trying harder than any party I've ever seen. I mean, the end of the day, Justin Trudeau put in the fucking mandate letters for every cabinet position that there's no relationship that matters more than uh, the one with the Indigenous. And, you know, I know to the Indigenous, like even myself, I'm like, you didn't implement this, you didn't implement that, and they haven't. But I would argue, too, it takes a shift. It takes a shift in culture in order to create change. And I, I was really appreciative of Sandra Manyfeathers saying to me something to that effect today, where she she talked about, you know, it may not seem like it, but when I think about, you know, her starting this over 10 years ago and today, so much has changed in 10 years thanks to leading activists across the nation, decades and decades of hard work, um, you know, Wilton Littlechild and Murray Sinclair going through the TRC and hearing thousands of residential school survivors tell their stories and hearing you know, Michelle Ouellette and all, all of the um, commissioners for the National Inquiry, hearing the stories of people. I mean, that's a lot of work. Um, and I think of the activists that have been working hard to try to take away the discrimination in the Indian Act for uh, women. I just, I know a lot has changed in 10 years. And I know for a lot of you, like even me, it's not enough. It's not quick enough. And it's not um, for a lot of people who are like offended by the term settler, that's a big shift for them to start seeing indigenous in the media, start hearing about indigenous issues at all. Um, I'm not going to lie. I'm out in the racistville, Calgary, and I hear and see and share <clears throat> the comments of, you know, haven't we talked about indigenous enough? We talk about indigenous too much. Um, and then the actual racist remarks, which I share uh, almost daily. Um, like, that's my reality. And that's why Indigenous folks are at such high risk here for, you know, murder and injustice, because it just, racism here is so ugly. And just to give you an example of that, like last night, there was um, a rental through City Hall. And it was, uh, there's the street church, and they've, you know, said anti-Semitic anti uh like transphobic homophobic anti women all of all of the things anti immigrant everything they say all those things 
and um, and they're on record for it. They're proud of it because they think that's what their Christianity is rooted in. And uh, they rented out City Hall. And there was two activist groups that worked really hard to try to bring light to it. And almost all of them identified as LGBTQ2 plus in some way. And um, so, you know, that affects my family. That affects everything. And, and the worst part is they even named it something like possessing the land. So like almost like a big, you know, middle finger to the indigenous trying to talk about land acknowledgements and such. Because to Christians, they truly believe that they are marginalized people. They truly believe that their ways and values are under attack. Um, you know, no acknowledgement to like all of the harm that they've done through uh, Indian residential schools and imposed um, laws and culture here. No acknowledgement of Bill 21 in, in Quebec. None of that, right? So anyway, um, you know, that was allowed. And we watched the police be rude and disrespectful to the LGBTQ2+. And the Calgary police just issued an apology to the community. Um, you know, so anyway, I wanted to bring it up because this group had all of the racists, all the neo-Nazis that were there, like the Sons of Odin and all these stupid splinter groups that are all rooted in white supremacy. They were all there. They were there to, as like protection or something. So it's like, and the Calgary police are like, dum, 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 because they are all are white too. So, you know, and, and there's videos of this everywhere. So you can, I'd love to be wrong, folks, but I know I'm not. And there's video proof all over the place about it. So anyway, these are the things I'm up against here in Calgary. I know um, to other places across the country, your issues are slightly different than the ones here. But here is, you know, the pro-oil, anti-immigrant, um, we are the victims of the East mentality. And so I'm a total, like, nutball compared to everybody else here because I'm an Indigenous liberal. And, um, like, liberals get death threats here all the time. And even for me, um, this particular campaign, I, I put my liberal sign inside because I knew it would be either stolen or vandalized. And I have no problem replanting them every single day. That's not really a problem. But I know how much they cost and what a pain in the ass it is. So I just put them in my window. So um, so anyway, I just want to encourage everybody to go vote. I want I encourage you to do your special ballot. Um, and I'm not going to lie. I know I've seen it online. I've seen it on uh, Twitter. I've seen it on Facebook. And I feel it. This is the worst election ever. It doesn't feel good. Um, by this point today, Jagmeet Singh has been told to cut off his turban in Quebec. And he had a wonderful response about how Indigenous kids would never, ever um, be facing these uh, issues in child welfare if it wasn't for the fact that they're Indigenous and Canada's racist. And he articulated it so well that, to me, Orange Crush now means... I am totally in love with Jagmeet speaking because when he talks policy, he's speaking to me. Yeah, because he like he's the only um, leader of color. He's it. So, you know, he's the only one who obviously understands racism because and his people like you can see the people he's surrounded with are people of color. You know, lots of sick are around him. So he's sick. And then. 
I look at my party and I mean, for 10 years, I've been trying to talk about anti-racism training and indigenous education. And a lot of folks are like, poo, 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 Michelle, poo, poo, poo. Don't talk about racism. <laughs> well, now the whole fucking country is. So what are you going to do? Anyway, I, I, uh, obviously I love the party. So for me, for me, I'm sad. I'm sad about what has happened with the human rights tribunal. Um, and no party will ever supersede my rights as an indigenous person. So, you know, colonial politics are colonial politics. And there are lots of indigenous candidates that I'm rooting for, like out in, uh, so Andrew Shear's writing actually has a grandson of a friend of mine. And, uh, you know, I, I really want him to run or to win, <laughs> but I guess, you know, the NDP are close there too. So that's one of those really great writings to watch because, oh my God, wouldn't it be amazing if Andrew Shear actually didn't even get elected? Oh my God. And this is the other thing that's happening right now because it's October, October 6th. So it's come out that Andrew Shear not only lied about being an insurance broker, which apparently in Saskatchewan is a really big fucking deal. It broke the law. But also, he um, turns out to be American. <laughs> and not just American. He applied to like be a part of the draft or something and be a part of military service. And get this. So this moron, you know, he becomes an MP. You would think that when he became MP, he'd be like, oh, man, I should totally get rid of this American citizenship so there's no conflict of interest. Nope. You know, when you became Speaker of the House, it's probably something that's like, oh, I'm Speaker of the House of the House of Commons. I should probably drop this American citizenship. Nope. You know, I really want to run for the leader for the Conservative parties and I, you know, I have a high chance to become the Prime Minister. I should probably drop this con uh, citizenship. Nope. Hmm. You know, I'm actually, I've won and uh, now is the actual writ time. I should probably consider writing, you know, getting rid of my citizenship. Okay. Yeah, maybe now we will. What a fucking moron. Seriously. Okay. And here's the other thing. For, actually, for most liberals, we don't really care. But this is why I do care. And most liberals do care. Is that conservatives and relentlessly under Harper and Sheer was a part of this whole Michelle Rempel, Deepak O'Brien group of people that did all of these awful things to Canadians. He was one of those people that was a part of the, you know, anti uh, Tom Mulcair because he's, I think he was part French. And then they went after Stefan Dion for the same thing. And they went after Michael Ignatia for being American. So like, if they didn't have such a proven track record of being total douchebags about, you know, dual citizenship. Oh, and I'm sure you all remember, we actually had a black governor general, Michelle um, Jean, I, I think it was her name. She was um, this beautiful, elegant, wonderful woman. And they totally attacked her so hard for having dual citizenship, even though she immediately started the process when she was uh, nominated for governor general to get rid of her other citizenship. And um, I'm sure but the fact that she was black had absolutely nothing to do with why Andrew Shear and the Harper folks would be so relentless at attacking her. I'm being sarcastic. For those who do not know, they're racist, and that's why they totally attacked her. Um, just to be very clear. So that's why, like, seriously... 
and I'm sure there's nobody from Who's Blue listening to this. And if you are, I know you're only listening to try to find some little clip to use against me in the future. And yeah, well, I'm really fine with that because you want to know why? I'm Indigenous and you're on my land, so fuck you. All right. And for the rest of the folks out there who are wondering who to vote for, whether it's like NDP, Liberal, uh, Green, I hope there was something I said that mattered that um, caught your attention and that, you know, you'll you'll move forward with. So I'm kind of getting, I can't believe how quick an hour goes by. So I should probably just wrap this up by saying, you know, I'm getting some really nice private messages from a lot of folks about not just voting, but how sorry they were to find out about, you know, Justin, you know, putting forward this appeal or... I, it's just a hard time I know I know for all people of color for all folks who are brown black or indigenous seeing all of this racism out there and having folks being so blind to it so I just want you to know you know be kind to yourselves I love you I mean it when I talk about um, the different resources that are available to us all and uh, just be strong because we're uh, it's a different world suddenly, and I can't wait to see it finally move forward, acknowledging a little bit more of racism out there. So I just want to read real quick to you the um, letter that I sent um, about this event that happened last night, because I, I just wanted you to understand my point of view of why I was so upset about it. But I tried to obviously let the LGBTQ2 plus community speak for, speak for themselves. But for me, as an Indigenous person, I wanted to make these points. So I have an open letter to Mary, Mayor Nenshi, uh, his worship, and to my city councillor, Ray Jones. It has come to our attention that an event called Possessing the Land is being held inside City Calgary Hall, October 5th. It is a sermon led by author Pulowski of Street Church. Pulowski is a known homophobe, transphobe, and xenophobe with ties to the white supremacy organizations and individuals. We urge the city to revoke his permit and hold the event. Pulowski for many years has uh, presented as, um, oh, this is somebody else's letter. This isn't my letter, actually. This letter is um, by uh, Saima Jamal. And Simon Jamal's group is um, I Carve or Carve, and it's a Calgarians Against Hate. So sorry to uh, start talking and and give that, just give you that background. It's this is um, an open letter from Muslims against hate as well. Um, so Pulowski has for many years has um, been present at Calgary Pride and protested as it as anti-Christian. His vitriol against the LGBTQ2 plus community has long verifiable roots from blaming the 2013 floods on the queer people to hosting Bill Whatcott for a homophobic rally that resulted in a brawl hurting multiple queer protesters. Pulowski is one of, our most, one of the city's most notable and shameful bigots. Uh, many of his beliefs that divorce should be illegal and that government legislation should be religiously based uh, run counter to the human rights and charter of rights. Um, but anyway, my particular letter was October 4th is Sisters in Spirit Vigil, which I know our mayor has attended yearly and some councillors attend at noon. The City of Calgary released the White Goose Flying Report, a response to the Truth and Reconciliation Commission calls to action. 
the indigenous homeless population is a direct result of colonialism. Some of the homeless indigenous identify as gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, or two-spirit. They face gendered violence and racism at disproportionate rates. Many of the Christian organizations have not realized their role in colonialism, transphobia, homophobia, and racism. I'm asking for the city to honor their commitment to Indian residential school survivors and the ones lost, along with the indigenous LGBTQ2+, along to the families of the missing and murdered indigenous, by seeing the message this organization is sending, which contradicts the spirit of reconciliation. We have much work to do. There are 231 calls to justice of the National Report on Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women, Girls in Two-Spirit, and 94 calls to action from the Truth and Reconciliation Commission to still fully implement. Thank you to No Church in City Calgary City Hall and Queers on Campus for their advocacy. Best regards, Michelle Robinson. So that's that was my letter so that people would know about it. Anyway, Indigenous have been talking about these issues, sharing our traumas in reports, commissions, and public hearings just so it can be regularly disregarded. No more. Honor the words. Honor the treaties. Listen to politicians and their policies and platforms. If they don't recognize the marginalized in their budget with Gender Equity Plus, if they are cutting violence prevention programs and services, cutting Indigenous education, cutting uterus health choices, uh, gay-straight alliances, know that your vote to that party directly negatively impacts marginalized people, which is why I'm pissed at you if you vote blue. Demand they implement the Truth and Reconciliation Commission calls to action, the recommendation of the Royal Commission on Aboriginal People, the multiple reports about child welfare reform, the violence prevention programs, and now the 231 calls to justice from the National Inquiry on Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women, Girls, and Two-Spirit. Denying those reports is a form of abuse called gaslighting. Our people are experiencing extreme racism in the educational justice and health institutions with multiple reports that say the same thing. Demand change from election platforms and politicians. If they do not understand colonialism, racism, privilege, and sexism, they have zero business running. This should be understood by all parties and local politicians, community organizations, and sports. Um, a really great article I said out loud in episode 62 is... Truth Before Truth, How Non-Indigenous Canadians Can Become Allies. Um, violence is just my everyday reality. Every Indigenous generation has faced it. That's why I started this podcast, to speak freely without interruption, without tone policing, without leadership shaming, without gaslighting questions, as many people don't want to hear Indigenous opinion, sure want to tell me theirs, and usually by people who know nothing about internalized racism, know nothing about Indigenous, know nothing about colonialism, know nothing about the constant surveillance of Indigenous people by police, the constant surveillance of Indigenous, our protests, our vigils, and our rights, microaggressions, people dealing with internalized racism, gatekeepers that survive off the status quo, people who are really in their trauma. Um, internal and external racism is an everyday reality for Indigenous people. This is why I needed this this podcast. My hope is my daughter and my family will be proud in the future of me trying to discuss these present-day issues in a way that they can understand down the road. I want to continue by putting cultural safety into action so that you can create a safer space for Indigenous people of colour and those with a disability Look at first look at it as first aid for marginalization. 
Oh, somebody gave me a really good link. I've been meaning to update this information. Um, anyway, be safe. If you're experiencing emotional distress and want to talk, call the uh, First Nation and Inuit Hope for Wellness helpline at 1-855-242-3310. It is toll-free and open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Thank you to my ancestors, my granny, my mom of what strength looks like through your example. I want to thank my dad for teaching me to be strong and blunt, my stepmom for showing me what a proud culture is through her Austrian family and roots, and stepping up to teach me to be a proud Calgarian. And just through her, I am a proud second-generation Calgarian. Thank you to my husband for producing and editing this show. On top of being my husband, my childhood friend, father of our child, and support down my journey of the Red Road, he has witnessed decades of racism and sexism and has now experienced it firsthand as well. To our child, we are blessed to learn from daily. We are honored you chose us. You give us daily accountability to be stronger and better people. Thank you again to all of those who support my Patreon account. Um, if you did one donation or many and had to quit for financial reasons or um, put down the amount that you give, I just want you to know I still appreciated every penny of your support. And um, I, I thank you from the bottom of my heart. If you value listening and can afford to give, thank you. Oh, I just wanted you to know... Um, Stephanie English, she's trying to pay for her headstone. So I $100 from the donations that came from this is going straight into that. Uh, to those who cannot afford to give but listen in, I'd love to hear from you at nativeyyc at gmail.com. Send in your comments and questions. We are also on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. And I just want to say, I always give side eye to those Calgary rabbits and say, you're lucky I'm not tradish. And my beautiful cousin would respond, or you'd be in my dish. Thank you for listening. <laughs>